Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of I Date Money and Money Talks with yours truly, Lisa Drennan, your wealth activator. Today, we have an awesome guest. She is an experienced entrepreneur, an online store owner, and she knows firsthand what it feels like to be on the constant roller coaster of emotions with a business and not knowing what to focus on next. Today, to hear today with us to share her money story is Tina Baron. Thank you so much for being here, Tina. I'm so excited to hear like how everything's going to unravel and like the roller coaster ride that you that you have. But at first, I have to say I love the little um, hanging you have behind you. So tell us a little bit about that. It's very. It just reminds me of this tunnel vision that I used to teach my clients um, when I was working at my nine to five. My, I should say my trainees, my mentees, it reminds me of that tunnel vision. So tell me more about that. Yeah, sure. It's really funny that you actually um, honed in on that. And well, first, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being on the show. I love what you're doing. So I have, um, I have two businesses. One of them, which is really my passion project, is an online fair trade store um, where I sell gifts, decor from artisans around the world. And this is actually my logo that one of the artisan groups that I work with, they hand make their beads in, uh, let's see, where are they? They're in Nicaragua and they get the mud, they dry it, they turn it into beads, they dye it and they make jewelry. But I saw on their Instagram once these amazing wall hangings that they had in their brick and mortar shop. And I said, could you make me one of those with my logo? And they said, oh yeah, sure. We take custom commissions. So they made my logo in beads. And so I hang it behind me because it's just sort of uh, my daily reminder of what I do and what I'm passionate about and why I do my business. Oh, I love that. So tell what what's the story with the logo? What, so why, the logo why? is, um, it's sort of like sun rays. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like an abstract concept that I really love the simplicity of it. And just sort of like these rays of, you know, sunshine going out yeah. because again, I work with fair trade artisans. Yeah. So for me, it's really about, I have the marketing and business skills to um, bring in the sales and they have the talent to be the makers. And so it's marrying those two so we can both thrive and um, have businesses that support ourselves. I love that. And I love that you're supporting um, these artisans that 
I mean, they, they, and it's all home goods. It's all things that they've made with their hands that are high quality, that are just beautifully made. And I love that you bring that to us uh, online globally, right? It's a global store. Yeah, exactly. So um, really what I do is, yeah, I like curate and find um, the different artist groups and then have them imported and then sell those products. So yeah, yeah cool. That is awesome. I love that. So when you think about money and, and helping others, like there's seven money archetypes on my website, I date money and Gary, the giver is one of them or grant the giver is one of them. And we have Gary, the gambler and grant the giver. Um, I'm not the gambler. <laughs> I can tell you that. I must be the giver. <laughs> and um, when you think about giving, what's your earliest memory of giving money away? Oh, that's a good question. Um, of giving money away. I think when I was a kid, I was really obsessed with animals and volunteering. And I'm sure that I gave one of my, um, you know, like you get birthday on your money or something uh, uh, for your birthday. I told my parents I wanted to give it to the SPCA to feed the cats. <laughs> like that's the kind of kid I was. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. My mom used to take and rescue cats we didn't even like cats, but she was an animal lover and she had cats that she would feed. And I'm like, okay, enough with the cats, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. I mean, they, they are cute. It's fun to do. It's fun to be able to give to the charities that we desire to give to and to support, you know, the entities that we believe in. And because it just creates that reciprocal energy of giving and receiving and it expands our territories and it helps others see like the value of our gifts and talents. And when we can tap into our gifts and talents, to make money, it's fun. You know, you get to have fun and it really changes our perspective on money. So you've had this giving heart since you were a little girl. Did you ever turn away from it? Like as you were, you know, shifting into your business and as your business was growing into, you know, the, where it is today when you first versus where you started off, you know, we all start up off at zero. <laughs> now Correct. one business owner starts off making a profit. That's impossible. <laughs> So when you think about, you know, going through the shifts from your, you know, your zero months to your, you know, 5K months, whatever it was, what was the the, the main thought that you had, like, you know, as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, for me, the giving component has always been there. What I've always struggled with is... Um, you know, I also have to give to myself. Like I have to make sure that I pay myself before I pay other people sometimes. Um, not that I want to not pay others, but you know what I mean? Like right. there's this concept of um, always giving and then you forget that you have needs as well. So that's something that I'm always constantly trying to be cognizant of and looking for tools for how can I make sure that I'm supporting myself because if I support myself, then I have the potential for this exponential growth that will allow me to give more and really accomplish the big dreams that I have. I love that. And you're so right. So many people, so many entrepreneurs, especially do not pay themselves first and they think that they're not worthy. They don't deserve it. They have to take care of everyone else. And then they take the leftovers. And, 
you know, as a wealth activator, I'm like, no, we always pay ourselves first. (laughs) Right. And then what's interesting, what you said there is pay ourselves the leftovers, because my other job, which is really what I do most of the time is I'm an e-commerce coach. And so I work with a lot of artists and creative types, and they're so passionate about their product and what they're making. And they'll put all their money into making the materials, the packaging, all the presentation. And I'll say, well, but where's, where's the money that you're going to pay yourself? And they never think about that. And so Mm -hmm. I have to sort of undo a lot of that with them and say, you know, we have to start with what percentage of a product being sold actually goes back to pay your salary or also even just to pay your labor is a really big one that gets overlooked a lot. So I think that that whole concept, especially for women is so important. Like what does it really mean to pay yourself and what are the tools that you need to do that? And I still struggle with it myself, but I think because I'm so cognizant of it, I see it really easily in other people. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've been in the finance and insurance industry since 1987. And I've worked with lots of different entrepreneurs, coaches, online business owners, you know, brick and mortar. And they always, you know, the ones that didn't have the business plan, the money management system in place, were the ones that ended up on the brink of bankruptcy, really, you know, they had to close their doors within five years because they tried to expand yep. so much. And one of the reasons why I became a wealth activator was to help that businesses help coaches implement my money multiplier system, which really helps them based on percentages, set up the perfect wealth activation roadmap to make sure that they're being paid first, they're getting a profit, you know, that their profit margin is growing as their business is growing, you know, but they're still getting that team, their support staff and their operating expenses covered in a way that, or it's growing steady. It's like the turtle in the hair race, you know? Yeah, exactly. I I hear a lot about e-commerce and, you know, a lot of times, especially like brick and mortar and e-commerce, it's like, well, I got all these materials. It's like real estate agents. Well, you don't understand. I work only on commission. Like, no, I totally get that. It doesn't matter. You have to have a system in place. Just like you need an SOP for your operations, you want an SOP for your money management, right? So when you think about, um, you know, we'll we'll focus on your e-commerce coaching business, what is the most common thing that you see in the clients that you work with that mirror what you went through yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the biggest one is, um, you know, there's so much of that shiny object and it's like, oh, if I just bring that one other color into my store, if I just, if I bring in that one new um, supplier, that new one new brand, everything will change. And all of a sudden I'll have more money in your business, my business, right? Like we always think that there's, there's some piece missing. There's something that we don't have. And because we have product-based businesses, it's really easy to think that what we're missing is something on the shelf or something in the online store, but that's usually not what it is. Um, mm-hmm. what's missing is you don't have the business fundamentals and you don't know that you should actually be spending more of your time on marketing and bringing in customers and that you need to bring in the right customer. That's the second piece, um, mm-hmm. because it's really easy to find people who'll buy anything on sale or clearance and it gets harder to find people who are willing to pay full price. Mm-hmm. But guess what? When you sell everything at clearance, that the margin that you're supposed to be paying yourself with. And all of a sudden you've cut that out of the business completely. 
And so I think it's really important to understand your numbers and understand why things aren't working in your business, because often the solution that you think it is, is not the solution at all. It's probably they need to work with someone like you um, on the financial aspect, and they need to work with someone like me on the marketing aspect. Mm. And how do you market to the right people? Because it's not that you're missing some product that that people, that's not why they're buying. (laughs) Yes. And you nailed that on the head. And it is so important because we, we feel like, you know, this void, like, okay, this isn't working. Okay. Well, like, and then people don't look at their numbers. Like, okay, how do you know it's not working? What's your numbers? Well, what do you mean? Well, what's your profit margin? Uh, I don't know. Well, what do you mean? You don't know your profit margin. Okay. Right. How much did you pay out in operating expenses? Um, maybe, uh, I don't know, 10 grand. I'm like, okay, you need to know your numbers. But at the same point, I like to say money doesn't want to be a number, but when we base everything on a percentage, we can really get, it doesn't matter how much money is coming in when we're basing on a percentage, those percentages are still going out and you're still covered. And when you look at those numbers, I mean, it's as simple as opening up an app on your phone and saying, oh, cool. Yeah. This is what I got coming in and going out and, oh, I get to do this. And when we get to do something, it changes that money story of not having enough, that scarcity mindset. So thinking back to younger Tina, Mm -hmm. we all grow up with money idioms, you know, things that our parents tell us growing up. Do you remember the the most common phrase money idiom that your family said? Um, Well, it's interesting because it's kind of now that you bring it up, it like brings me for full circle because both of my parents were self-employed since I was maybe in elementary school. And I remember my dad always saying, like, pay yourself first, pay yourself first. And I didn't understand what that meant. I was like, of course you would pay yourself. What are you talking about? But in his mind, that meant um, when I understood this later, when I had my first job out of college and he said, what I mean by that is if your company has a 401k match, make sure it's automated, like make sure all of that money that you need, like your insurance premiums, all of those things come out before you start spending on your fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically pay your future first and then pay your today second. So Mm -hmm. once they understood like what it actually meant in practical terms, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But Mm -hmm. when you're a little kid, it's like, that's such a weird thing to say. What are they talking about? He's probably referring to all of his coworkers or or, right. or people who came in to buy his thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. They weren't doing that because that was one thing that I heard, regardless of you know anyone's wealth status, they were taking the leftovers. And even if they were really wealthy and they owned, you know, you know, their their net their profit margin was 500k a year, they didn't feel like they had enough. And they always worried whether there was going to be enough for the future, you know, and then you bring in the stock market issues, the crisis with the, you know, the cost of living and the recession and all those other things that happen. And, you know, they ebb and flow throughout the years and uh, people panic. Right. And Completely. then they and start to complain. right now that that panic mindset is very high. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing that I, it's not that I heard it in my childhood, but I've heard it recently and I, it's really stuck with me that there's, there's enough money in the world, right? It's not a finite resource. We can actually, actually generate more. And once you kind of understand that, and it's like, there's enough out there. I just need to figure out how to bring it into my life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have control over. 
it changes the story a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had the um, privilege of interviewing a lot of the ladies who come from nothing, you know, we're poor as can be, would eat Raymond Raymond noodles, Um, (laughs) you know, for dinner. And now they're six figure earners and they're really, you know, investing in themselves. Like, you know, like your dad told you, pay yourself first, investing in themselves to be able to multiply their money. And because money in the hands of good people does great things, you know, and when we can help others, it just brings more money our way. We become money magnets. So when you think about, you know, your dad telling you to pay yourself first, you have your first job. Did you take his advice or did you be like, ah, oh, forget that? <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> I about. did. And so I have to say now I'm really lucky because even though I'm self-employed now, I have a really good retirement account. I have savings accounts. I have things that really I put into many years ago that now give me a safety net and allowed me to actually be able to try being self-employed because, Mm -hmm. you know, the first year is definitely a learning period and you can't expect to make what you made at a, you know, six figure corporate job. So, um, but it was, it's nice to have that freedom. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a good, it was a good piece of advice for sure. Yeah. And having that safety net is so important. And so many people, you know, want to be wealthy. I want to be wealthy. So what does wealth mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, For me, wealth really isn't about a specific number or money in the bank. I think, of course, it's always having my needs met at a, a level that I feel comfortable, like having a house, having a car, being able to go on trips, things like that. But wealth is really about, um, I think it's more about freedom, like being able to do the things that I want to do. So if I want to take the kids and drive to the beach and have a weekend at the beach, like that's wealth to me. That's a freedom Mm -hmm. that I have because I'm not tied to a job. I don't have to worry about how my bills are going to get paid. Um, And I can go there and buy ice cream and go to a nice restaurant. And that's a wealthy life. So for me, it's really more about a wealthy life than about having um, things or a certain number that I that I tie to my identity. Yeah, I love that. Beautifully said. Wealth is definitely from the inside out. It's a state of mind. And it doesn't matter the numbers in the bank account because there's wealthy people who are miserable as can be. And they just dwell on, I have a a couple of clients that are very wealthy and they just dwell on how much money they don't have. I'm like, you got to (laughs) stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a certified aromatherapy practitioner. So I bring the the oils in and the breath. I'm like, okay, let's, let's work with this. Let's see where, let's go back to childhood and see where this thought process is coming from. Because, you know, gratitude goes a long way and it's, you know, one of the first steps, you know, daily steps that we take to help us see all the beauty, all the things that we can do with wealth and and how we can enjoy money. And like you said, there's plenty of plenty of it to go around for everyone. It's just like what skill set, what gifts and talents do I have to generate income? And when we focus on that, then we can take those action steps and move forward. You know, and when we look at money, we look at, you know, the mindset, we look at the management of money and we look at multiplying money. What would you say of those three areas is your strongest um, suit? Um, I would say for me, it's probably uh, the mindset because that's where I've been putting the most of my focus. Mm -hmm. But um, I would love to jump into the exponential part. That's not something that I've focused on yet. 
but I can see how that's kind of the next, um, the next step for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about money mindset on the show and I have a difference of opinion about mindset. Oh, (laughs) interesting. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. (laughs) Than most people. Um, And my clients agree with me. That's probably why they work with me. So what's your, what's your um, definition of, of money mindset? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think money mindset is like the stories that we have about money and whether we're happy with those stories or unhappy with them. So if we're unhappy with them, we go look for solutions to adopt a new mindset. But if we're happy with them, we're like, oh yeah, I have a good money mindset, right? So there's sort of like a good and bad side to it is how I would put it. Yeah, I like that. I like that explanation. The the money mindset, right? It's our thoughts. Our thoughts are the most powerful Mm -hmm. tool that we have and whatever we think is true. But why do we think what we think? And are they our thoughts or someone else's thoughts? And when you can really examine your thoughts and think about what you're thinking about, that's going to form your feelings. And those feelings are going to get your action. And your action is going to get you the results that you want. But so many of us get stuck back on the thought and we don't feel worthy to receive, to multiply our money or to manage it. Because somewhere along the line, someone told us, money burns a hole in your pocket. You're no good with money. You're not responsible, you know, and all of these things that we of would have course. heard growing mm-hmm. up, you know, and when you think about that, when you make that decision, you had mentioned shiny objects earlier, it's almost like that's the connection, like there's the gap and we need to build that bridge as to why you're going after shiny objects has to do with that mindset. And it's probably from childhood when someone told you that it wasn't good enough. And you're not worthy. And that actually shines through in our subconscious. It shines through in it. That's what we portray. And I'm guilty of this big time. And my husband always tells me, you wear your feelings on your sleeve. And I'm like, <laughs> I never even express my feelings except for anger and disgust. But apparently that's what I portrayed a lot. But what happens is these thoughts go in your mind and you're thinking, I'm not getting the numbers I want. I'm not getting the customers. I'm not getting the clients. What well, you know, Whatever it is, fill in the blank. And then all of a sudden, this subconscious, oh, you're not worthy. Oh, you don't, you don't know how to do that. Oh, you know, and bridging that gap and really understanding, like, where do those thoughts come from? I love to say we captivate our thoughts and then we examine them and pull them apart and say, okay, do I believe that to be true? And if so, why? And where did it come from? And when we can c- captivate that part of it and just practice that every single day, it multiplies our money automatically. Because now we're looking at it with a new perspective. And that's where my tunnel vision comes in. Because at first, when we first get started, we have to stay focused on the one thing that we need to do to make money, right? We need to multiply our money with a skill set that we have. And we don't need all these other shiny objects. We don't need to bring in multiple income streams. Yes, definitely add them. But get really good at what you love because that's automatically going to allow you to multiply your income and bring in multiple income streams because you already have this skill set. And when you build it from the beginning with a strong foundation, it automatically becomes this beautiful empire. And so when you think- Yeah, I love that. I think that's that's really smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when you think about your empire, because you have, you you basically have two e-commerce, you have an e-commerce business and now you branched off into helping others build that e-commerce business. So how did you get started in e-commerce? What was the drive? Um, well, so I've always been like fascinated and 
just interested in e-commerce. And then when I was working at my full-time job, I thought, oh, well, this is kind of a fun hobby. I'm going to explore it and play around with it. And then I realized, you know what, this is really what I want to do. I want to make this my career. But since I have this background in marketing and advertising, and then once I got into this community of e-commerce store owners, I just realized, oh, there's this huge gap in knowledge that I have, just like you were saying, taking the skill set that you already have. And I said, I understand these people. They're just like me. They have the same dream. They have the same hopes, but I have this chunk of knowledge that they don't have. I sort of felt called to, okay, I have a responsibility to teach them so that they don't get into the place, like you said, of where they end up bankrupt or in huge amounts of debt by making big mistakes that could have been prevented early on. Um, so that's kind of like where that evolved from. But um, really what I find is is so interesting too, is just like you were saying, um, we go into these businesses with the dream of, oh, I want it to make money. I want it to support me. But as soon as that exponential growth starts happening so much fear also trickles in like you were saying what those old stories are like am I worthy of this is this just a fluke um did I just get lucky you know I'm in the right place at the right time I hear a lot of that and it's like no you worked really hard you have a lot of talent and you deserve this wealth like lean into it and it's the same thing with service-based people because I overlap with a lot of people who do service and mm-hmm. um, online stores. It kind of goes hand in hand a lot of times at some stage in your business. And I look at their pricing and I'm like, you charge what for coaching or you charge what for your products? Like, this is way too low. There's so much value here. Why don't you charge more? They're like, oh, I could never charge more because I wouldn't pay that myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, yeah, but you're not your customer and you need to do what the market needs. Um, you're hurting not just yourself, but you're hurting everybody else by undercutting your pricing. And so there's a lot, like, there's so much complexity to it, but there's a lot of things that, like you said, go back to your money stories and your money Mm -hmm. mindset. And as an outsider, it's really easy for us to see it in other people. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you're in it, it's just, you can't get past that feeling. Yeah. And when you're in it, you're in the victim, you know, the triangle, the victim Mm -hmm. triangle, like the victim, the victim, the rescuer, or the, um, Enabler. enabler. And when I yeah. think about that, it's just like, you know, when you're not worthy enough to charge a higher price because you yourself wouldn't pay that price, that's a mindset. Like, what's that really about? And that's definitely a money mind story. Because if you really think about something, you know, you can have a picture that's a thousand dollars and that same exact picture might be a copycat of the artist and it's going to sell for a third of the cost. Well, which one are you going to get? They're both the same exact picture, except for one's an original and one's a, uh, a copy, you know, right. and what's the value? Mm-hmm. What what do you play on and who are you supporting when you buy the copy? You know, the artist created both, you know, but a machine created the second one. And it's because it's mass produced, it's going to be, but is that what you want? Or do you want something unique and special? And, you know, I, I look at some of the things that we buy and some of the coaching investments that I've made in 2023 that have been well worth it, but it's one of my most um, invested in years. 
And I think to myself, my first thought is, what are you crazy? <laughs> <We're Yeah. not laughs> You're a wealth activator. You shouldn't be spending your money that way. But those are the old stories from childhood from I come from a family of entrepreneurs. And, you know, I had the, the two extremes, the, the, the wealthy giving set of entrepreneurs who ran a beautiful business and made oodles of money. And then the other entrepreneurs that, you know, were the gamblers and they w- went through it. It was feast or famine. And mm-hmm. I didn't really like their sense of business and the way that they took advantage of people. And I chose to focus on the negative and I didn't like entrepreneurship. And I went and got myself a nine to five. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. But it was funny because I always had a side gig. I always did something to make extra money. And when I think about that, it's like, okay, where do these thoughts really come from? And why did I focus on the negative? So when I shifted and started focusing on the positive, and then I saw like, you can get really nice things for a price that you believe in, but why don't you believe in the price that's the offer? Cause you don't see the value. And right. if we don't see the value, we're never going to be able to sell it at that. And I see a lot of my clients will come in to me, come to work with me and they are undercharging. And I'm like, well, why are you charging so little for that? That's crazy. Like this is the going rate. Oh no, I can't, I'm not worthy to receive that. Okay, well, let's work on that. And then within three months, they're raising their prices because now they see the value in what they're offering and they no longer perceive it. But I think the fear comes from no one's going to pay me what I'm worth because someone told me that I wasn't worth it. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very common story. So when you think about your own worth and your 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 dad telling you to pay yourself first, I love that you have investments set up and all of that. What what advice would you give to somebody that's just starting off with their e-commerce store or they're kind of at that brink where I'm not making any money from this and I'm I'm just about to close the doors. I just want to sh- shut it down. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what you said earlier is really important. I would start with just actually looking at the numbers and probably not looking at it by yourself. So find yourself a financial coach or somebody who's familiar with e-commerce and can tell you, uh, just do an analysis and say, okay, like one, are, are you first charging enough? And two, is this business model set up to scale? Because sometimes, you know, there actually can be a fundamental problem with the business model and you never will be able to get there unless you make some significant changes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think really diving into the numbers is going to be the first place because then you have the tools to know, okay, the issues with my pricing or the issue is I don't have enough volume of sales or um, maybe your expenses are out of control. Like that's a really common one too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe you need to shift more into marketing and less into uh, the services because we always hear, oh, outsource everything and you'll have this five hour work week business. But you know, that eats up all your money too. If you have a social media manager and an ad agency and a warehouse and you know, all these different things and your business might need those later on. But a lot of time entrepreneurs jump the gun and kind of take on bigger expenses than they can actually afford for Mm -hmm. that stage in their business. And doing that is setting yourself up for failure, um, unfortunately. And it's not their fault. Again, it's just a lack of education. And that's where I think um, the coaches and experts need to put a good amount of time into teaching the practical, not just the mindset pieces. 
And mm-hmm. so I really try to focus on the practical. And then I have, um, I have a lot of people that I refer my clients to where I'm like, oh, this isn't my specialty, but you really need to talk to this person because they will help you get your books in order. And then we can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Tina, for sharing your expertise and what you do in your money story with us. Um, we'll be sure to connect um, in the show notes, all the links so people can connect with you. And I know you are offering a, a 30 minute um, meet up with you to ask one burning question. So <laughs> we'll be yeah, sure. So anybody that. who has an e-commerce business and Um, is stuck on something, I'd love to meet you and just like dive deep on that one question. It's really fun for me. And I love being able to give back to guests um, who listen to the podcast episodes. So Awesome. I love that. I I have someone in mind (laughs) that actually (laughs) just reached out to me about their finances and (laughs) e-commerce. Like, did you know anything about finances and e-commerce? I'm like, of course I do. (laughs) A wealth (laughs) activator. (laughs) So thank you again, Tina, for being here. For those of you listening, please check the show notes, connect with Tina, take advantage of that. You know, if you're an e-commerce owner, you know, somebody, you have that one burning question. You want to make that, you know, get to the next level in your business. Tina is the lady that you want to reach out to. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It's what you do with it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.